0: Fun, and welcome back to Eat, Eat It, it
1: up. up, a podcast where we talk about
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: bites of history and bites of snacks that we're, we're eating on. We're eating every week, not eating on.
0: Yeah, well, eating on them.
1: <laughs> You'd think eating after like all. what? This is probably our like 20th episode. You'd think like we could Number 21. Probably. Is it 21? Holy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Last week was 20, so.
1: That's nuts. It's
0: a big deal. That is a yeah. big
1: deal. You only record your 21st podcast episode once.
0: That's what they say in the business. That's what they that's say. That's what they say. 21's the big
1: one. Yeah, 21. <laughs> so thanks for following along, everyone, for 21 episodes.
0: We do appreciate it. Also, that's have you true. noticed, I don't know that you've seen, we now have some listeners from the States. Oh. They're picking up a little bit. So hello, listeners from the U.S. of A. I wonder if that could be. It.
1: Like, do you think it's, it must be people we know, no? That are like, in no, the it's restaurant. not like oh. they're
0: people not to not to like shout out their location. But I think it's people from like Ohio. I know oh. no one who lives in Ohio. And then there's some people in Florida, et cetera. So I can't
1: say I know anyone from those places either. But no, maybe reach out if we do know you and you are in Ohio right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're chilling in Ohio.
1: Also, um,
0: if you don't know us and you also have suggestions, please, you can always message us on Instagram because like our friends will just text us. But Mm -hmm. if we don't know you and you're in Ohio, if you're
1: you're a random Ohioan or Floridan and you want an episode (laughs) on the history of the Midwest, just send something in.
0: Yeah, please do. Or uh, Or we also have eat it up podcast at gmail.com if you're not comfortable with instagram or Our business you can email. contact us anyways yeah dot gov if you yeah, will dot
1: gov. <laughs> we're actually we're funded by the, the canadian government because we're doing such critical work so
0: yeah that's what i talked to trudeau this morning and he was like keep it up girly and i was like thank you
1: i will oh, good okay you little minx i'm gonna get him <laughs> mr trudeau <laughs>
0: So, Sammy, what's your snack this week? Have you leveled it up? Do you have one?
1: I've leveled it up from nothing, which is kind of easy to do. Hey, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm having a chocolate croissant from Bino, Ooh. Cafe Bino is its full name. The locals here call oh. it, the locals in Calgary call it just Bino.
0: Okay, right. Of course. You have to know to know.
1: To know. If you know, you know. And let me just fucking give you a preview. This chocolate croissant. <laughs> means every other chocolate croissant on this goddamn planet should just give it up.
0: Oh, that's a bold statement. Like like, this
1: chocolate, I, I've had some already. And this chocolate croissant, Mm -hmm. which I've had before in my life too, but I forgot how delectable this thing is. So.
0: And you're someone who enjoys going to France. So would you say this beats all chocolate croissants you've had in that country or?
1: I hope there's no listeners from France on, but yeah, honestly it does. It's so fucking good. I have no idea. Like, I don't know why, but anyways, okay, enough. I'm literally getting into review already. It's not the time for that, but (laughs) let me just say, I'm eating a good chocolate croissant. What are you eating?
0: So today I am eating a cream puff from beta five. When you had your cream puff a couple episodes ago, I was inspired to go. Right. And so for the month of June, they have like a three pack. It's called Beach Party. No, cool. life's a, beat. Life's oh, a beach. Oh, okay, yeah. And it comes with one that looks like a little hamburger. It right. comes with one that's like watermelon. Oh. And it comes with one that's like a beach scene. Beauty. And so today I am eating the watermelon cream puff, which I'm really excited about. Like watermelon flavored cream puff sounds insane. Oh, me,
1: and so the flavor matches also like the aesthetic of the cream puff.
0: Well, so the burger one will not taste like burger. That oh, okay. one's chocolate raspberry. Right. And then sense. the beach one is pineapple. Um, so mm. it's just the watermelon one matches it.
1: <laughs> okay, it's the only one. And I guess kind of with the yeah. burger, like like chocolate raspberry, like that's brown and red. Burger is like the meat is brown, ketchup is red.
0: Well, what they did. Okay, so I already ate the burger one. It's super okay. cool. So with the burger one, it was like the chocolate on the outside but when you cut through like the Mm. cream puff it was pink in the middle like as if you got like a burger that was like medium (sighs) well oh and then they made like a slice out of of cheese out of marshmallow and then they made like a thin leaf out of like mint chocolate holy and then the ketchup on it is like this raspberry drizzle like it's honestly insane the only thing i'm
1: gonna say about that though is um Just kind of a public health announcement. If you're eating ground beef, it should always be well-cooked. It should not be red. So that goes for burgers and everything. Right, right. Okay, thank you. Because um, when you grind (laughs) up the beef, I'm just, this is now actually a public health podcast. When you grind up the beef, Mm -hmm. any kind of E. coli, um, that normally would be on like the outside, say if you had like a steak, mm. any kind of bacterial mm. contaminations on the outside, but on the inside you don't have any kind of bacterial contamination. Um, oh, with ground beef it's ground all beef, mixed you, through? you mix it up so you have to cook it mm. evenly whereas with steak like if you sear it like on the outside, you can kill off all the bacteria oh. that way. So that's just an important little thing.
0: You see like that? Because my dad and I went to Shake Shack mm-hmm. about four years ago, now in Washington. Yeah. And at Shake Shack, he opened his burger up, and it was pink in the middle. He goes, "Oh, I'm not going to eat this." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Get over it, you old man." Um. But in no. hindsight, he was right, so I'll take it back. He
1: probably avoided hemorrhagic E. <laughs> e. coli that day. So.
0: Well, no, he didn't. He still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he still. He's he actually not. did get hemorrhagic E. coli. <laughs> Absolutely. No. But you just. I just want people to. I don't want this podcast and and your snack to inadvertently be promoting eating raw ground beef. Just to be okay, clear, that's
0: fair. And- like that's my ignorance that I was
1: promoted (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean you kind of were ignorantly doing that I just wanted to draw attention to it to you and to the listeners yes
0: to my stupidity here it is on the table
1: (laughs) what was the the word you used a couple episodes ago to when I was like oh dumb shaming when you thought I was dumb shaming you (laughs) I literally love that word I think it's so funny yes um (laughs) I love to dumb shame no I'm kidding
0: I and I I love to be dumb You love to be (laughs) dumped.
1: Like when I make fun of you. No. Okay. Well, shall we get into the the topic of app this week?
0: Yes, I'm so excited. Let's do the pope.
1: It literally combines Maria and I's like interests. So like I am always interested in like, you know, political history, history of political violence. And Maria is a Catholic. And so mm-hmm. this is the the molding of those two things because yes. we're talking about the assassination attempt of John Paul II, who was. Um, and to
0: clarify, I'm a very liberal Catholic, so she is a liberal don't come Catholic. for me. Don't
1: come <laughs> for me. If you have a more conservative interpretation of Catholicism, this is not the podcast for you.
0: You're uh, you're, you're not gonna love it. <laughs> but
1: um, yeah, I this is literally such a wild story. I can't get over it. Um, and I first read about it, I didn't even I never know, heard of this. I didn't I hadn't heard about it until I was reading Manufacturing Consent by um Edward Herman and Noam Chomsky, which is about a book about like how um mass news media in the United States falls under a kind of like propaganda model where it like um like they filter information based on like the geopolitical interests of like the U S and, and so they tell stories in a way that is not uh, factually accurate and that is um, politically problematic. So it's a really interesting book that way, Mm. but one of the case studies in the book is about um, this assassination attempt at the Pope. I'm like, I've never fucking heard of this. And so anyways, Mm -hmm. it's just a really interesting story, I think. So I'm excited to Mm -hmm. dive in with you.
0: Yeah. I have to say all of us Catholics that I know of, Mm-hmm. We're obsessed with John Paul. Mm-hmm. Like he really brought it to the table. Right. When you told me you were doing this topic, yeah, I I texted you and I was like, Pope John Paul is to Catholics what Princess Diana
1: was to mothers. Like mm, he is the people's big. pope. And, but he's John Paul II. The first one died after like thirty-three yeah. days.
0: Oh yeah. Sorry. Did you know
1: that? I didn't know about
0: the first
1: one. I'm pretty sure the Pope immediately before him was John Paul I. I might be wrong. You might have been like one or two before. And he only, he was alive for 33 days as the Pope and then passed.
0: Oh God. Anyways, that just
1: is like, that would be a lot for Catholics, I think, probably
0: well it's that thing of, like all of our popes are real ancient so it's so, mm-hmm. like you are gonna have a hit or miss every now and then comes
1: with the territory but this like john paul ii lived for 27 years so or, sorry long. not not yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was he was he was like 15 <laughs> when he became the pope. teen yeah. pope no sorry he was he, he served as the pope for 27 years so he's i think he's the second longest mm-hmm. serving pope in um the history of the church so
0: i think so and he so. also th- that could be part of why he's so beloved is that a lot of mm-hmm. us got to like feel like we knew him
1: yeah yeah, no, and we can get into, too, like, apparently he was, like, really seen as the first kind of international pope. Like, he really, I think he traveled to 129 mm. countries over his tenure as the pope. Mm. And he was very interested, yeah. kind of actually like Diana, in in being, kind of breaking from tradition and really wanting to um, get up close to people, talk to people, touch people, yes. kind of kiss babies, like, do all that stuff. And
0: this is also why all of us did not vibe with Benedict. Mm. Because, Benedict was very much going back to tradition, and like you weren't interacting. We were wearing like expensive robes and stuff. It was all about the look that we were going back to
1: the look. And Maria was more about that kind of. I'm
0: about the people. I'm a person of the people, as I always say.
1: If you were the Pope, the first woman Pope, (laughs) I think you have a (laughs) shot.
0: Sexiest Pope. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All you have to do is change all the people laws. You have to become a nun. Then you have to yeah. Get up to the top.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's you know. definitely in my sphere. I you
1: think know. so. Achievable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we should we get into this? Let's do it. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about this, I guess already, but um, I guess about J- John Paul II. But the way we'll we'll do it, I'll just quickly give you like the gloss of like kind of what happened uh in terms of this assassination attempt and when. We'll do some background on John Paul II. We'll do some background on his um the person who tried to assassinate him, and then we'll talk a little bit about. Um, What Noam Chomsky's book about, which I found really interesting, was about media attention and towards the idea that perhaps the KGB in Bulgaria had put um, this assassin up to assassinate the Pope as part of the Cold War so Whoa. it's it's a oh whole gosh. it's yes. and it is this shit is so crazy so um that's kind of the way we'll do it we'll, we'll just kind of I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened we'll get into each of the, the I guess characters and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about this like KGB plot
0: cool oh my gosh Cold yeah. War too I know I know it, it yeah, I just said
1: I can't <laughs> believe I didn't include that as one of your interests like a Catholic who loves the Cold War <laughs> like that's really that's actually a better description of you than kind of just generally being Catholic um okay (laughs) i feel like half i feel like we spend 50 percent of the time talking this pod about you being catholic
0: and i really love it like i lean into it yeah it's like normally
1: you would not identify first and foremost as catholic but on the pod you do
0: normally i try not to tell people
1: (laughs) okay so let's get into it so so May thirteenth, nineteen eighty one. There's twenty thousand people gathering in Saint Peter's Square in in Vatican City. So we're talking about like in Italy, but like within Vatican City. Yes. Um. Mm -hmm. John Paul II is in like the Pope Mobile, like the little like white car that you've probably seen. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love the Pope (laughs) Mobile. Yeah, I don't know if that's like what people actually call it, but that's how I know it. So no, that's how we call it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's how you Catholics call it, the Pope Mobile. So yeah. So (laughs) he's in the Pope Mobile. I think too. I'm I'm pretty sure it was the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima. I I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's also a feast day. So like a a holiday and he is shot several times. He's shot in the abdomen in his left hand and in his right arm and two women who were, who were, I guess, I think in the Mobile with him, um, are also injured. They've been shot.
0: Is it after this point that they introduced the Mobile to be bulletproof? Is that when they introduced like the glass casing that hey, goes around see, him? I was
1: trying to look this up. I was trying to like, because for like significance, I was trying to see if like they changed security measures. I couldn't see anything <laughs> obvious from Google, but I would assume the bulletproof glass probably, if they have it, probably came after this. Because now it's like he sits in like a glass. It's like a, it's like a glass box and it's bulletproof. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Probably my sense. guess, my educated guess would be, or uneducated guess would be probably, yeah. So cool. Okay. Just wanted to see. So yeah, he gets shot, um, in multiple places in his body. Oh um, God. and he's shot by this man, Mehmet Ali Aika and his co-conspirator, Oral Çelek. I might have those names wrong. They're Turkish names and I tried to look them up correctly, but anyways, um, mm-hmm. the, the plan here was that, um, oral chelic was going to like blow up a small bomb to create this distraction so that him and and um and agka could flee the square after they shoot the pope but the bomb doesn't go off and they're they're caught mm. very quickly um right so immediately after this john paul ii goes into surgery for six hours but he hadn't been hit in any kind of vital oh. organs so he's fine and this is taking place on like just if you're thinking about like the week he's he's shot on this wednesday And by the Sunday Mm -hmm. immediately following, he addresses the faithful in a broadcast from his hospital bed and says to pray for, quote, my brother being Agka, the guy who shot him and saying that he's sincerely forgiven him. So obviously, like people are like freaking the fuck out because the Pope has been shot multiple times. Yeah. Um, Obviously, this has never happened before. Um, Right. Like there's massive media coverage of it. And um like people are like people haven't heard from him they're worried whatever so yeah he has this broadcast on the sunday it's like a huge relief for people and then by june 3rd so again the shooting happens on may 13th by june 3rd he's back in action he's like up on the go and um a lot of (laughs) people attribute like he was already quite popular but a lot of people attribute Mm -hmm, his mm -hmm. even greater popularity to the fact that like he'd experienced this assassination attempt and had kind of made it right. through like it um right it uh yeah definitely increases popularity so that's that's kind of just like the quick rundown of, of what happened and then we can what talk happened? a little bit more contextually about like who each of them are like who are the players and that's like why did this happen
0: no that's it that's all I want to know thanks okay
1: <laughs> you're done <laughs> tune
0: out bye did
1: that make sense to <laughs> you have questions
0: I I do have questions, but I think you're going to answer them as we go right. through.
1: Okay. Cool. So I'll, I'll keep them just in case. Yeah. I'll take questions at the end if that's okay. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Can you put your hand whenever. down, please? Hand yeah. down. <laughs> hand down, Maria. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about John Paul II, so who he was. So mm-hmm. um, he was, you know, um, Polish. Archbishop of Krakow in in 1964 and had been quite an advocate for religious freedom in, you know, the Ukraine, Czechoslovakia, China, Mm -hmm. Um, because at the time, if we're thinking it's the Cold War, right, um, in a lot of communist states, they were explicitly uh, atheist and anti-religion. So it was difficult in many places to to practice. And so communism was seen kind of by many Catholics as like an an enemy of Catholicism Um, and Poland being... um, you know a pretty devout catholic country that is also under yes. communist rule in this period and um, there's a, a there's a lot of conflict around that so um he's the archbishop of krakow um and then he ends up um being elected to be the, the first Polish pope in 1978, and I think the first non Italian pope in like 400 years, I'm pretty sure. Oh, what I read, yeah, so, like dominated that space, so yeah, they really did. I mean, I guess they're close, right? They're like <laughs> they're right around Vatican City, anyway. So, um, so he's elected to be pope in um 78, serves until 2005 at, at his death. Mm-hmm. So, he's uh, I think the second longest um, like living pope, not I don't want to say ruling, but like. Serving. Pope, in, serving, that's the word. <laughs> Ruling. Ruling you Catholics <laughs> yeah. have an iron fist. No, serving Pope. So he served for 27 <laughs> years. Um, like I said, really, really popular um, in terms of like visiting countries around the world, meeting with the faithful, being mm-hmm. up close uh, and personal with them. And like in his first couple of years, he visited uh, Poland in, in 1979 to, to support uh, Catholics there. He visited Ireland during the Troubles. Um, and, Whoa. you know, tried to, to, to ask for peace and, and for people Aww. to stop killing each other. And he also traveled to, to several countries, I think, in Latin America because there were a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of political violence against uh, people there. And the Catholic Church had an important role in, in fighting for, for human rights in Latin America. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, traveled a lot, e- extremely popular. So that's just a little bit about him. Um, And I guess some more context that might also be useful when we talk about this assassination is that in 1980, you get this movement called Solidarity in um, Gdansk. Gdansk, Gdansk, Poland. I, I looked up how to say it. I think it's close. Gdansk, Gdansk, whatever. Right. Um, it's Solidarity Movement, which is this like workers movement of workers who are trying to, I think it's in a shipyard and they're trying to unionize, but outside the purview of the states. So they're trying to be an independent trade union versus a trade union, I guess, sanctioned by the state. Um, right. And the Pope um, like John Paul II is a huge supporter of the solidarity, like of, I guess the the Catholic Polish people, but the the solidarity Mm. movement sees John Paul II also as being like a a supporter of him. Like on their first strike, they like hang up a picture of the Pope. So Catholicism Mm. had an important role in this kind of organization against this secularist communist government that also doesn't want people to unionize independently. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's the, the first independent trade union in the Warsaw Pact countries, So like Soviet Union, like the, the Soviet bloc, whatever. And by 1981, it claims up to 10 million members in Poland. And then there's this huge government oh. crackdown. And so this seems kind of unrelated, but we'll see in the assassination why that becomes important. But it's just all that to say is we want to know there's this like workers rights movement um, happening in, in Poland. And. Um, They these workers see the Pope as kind of being supportive of them, not only Mm -hmm. in their right to, I guess, like unionize, but also in fighting against um, communism and and the secularism that brings. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's important right around this period, like right before his assassination, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So that's a little bit about John Paul II and the solidarity movement. And now we can talk a little bit more about Agka, Ali Mehmet Agka, who was the the man who shot the Pope.
0: Okay. Right. So What about um, the other guy?
1: Um. Oral Chelik. Yes. He's not really important. Like he's kind of like more marginal. He's a loser. Like yeah, I didn't really focus on him because he didn't actually shoot the Pope. He was just present. Like he was just helping him, but he didn't, oh, okay. he didn't shoot the Pope. He was just trying to set off the distraction, get him there, whatever. Right. Um, okay, cool. So a bit about Ali Memma he was 23 at the time, so young. Like our age. Oh my god. Can you imagine being our age trying to shoot the Pope?
0: not well, different life itself.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like we're going to have to edit joking. that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you ever get had up for shooting like anyways. Um and so in, in terms of who he is, so he's like I said he's Turkish and he's a member of this youth kind of um paramilitary group called the Grey mm-hmm. Wolves in in Turkey. They're they're this far right wow. Um, some people have described them as a neo-fascist, really ultra-nationalist youth group who are associated mm-hmm. with this mainstream party in Turkey uh, that was called the Nationalist Action Party, or the Nationalist Movement Party. And mm-hmm. just to, to get a bit of sense of like what's happening at the time in Turkey, we won't go into it, but in the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there's huge political unrest in Turkey. There's three co- three coups in 10 years. So there's a coup, a mili- like oh. military coups, one in 1960, one in 1971, and one in 1980. So oh. there's huge like political and civil unrest. You also mm-hmm. have um, Marxist leftist groups, like political groups, clashing with these ultra-nationalist right-wing groups like the gray wolves like on the streets and cities across turkey and so there's violence there there's there's a lot of people dying in those clashes but predominantly from my understanding it's mostly large like it's mostly these right-wing groups like the gray wolves who are carrying out attacks not only on leftist and marxist activists but also on journalists academics so like threatening them intimidating them um, even harming them and and killing them. So this is the context that the gray wolves are operating in, in Turkey. Like they are the the main kind of, some people have called them a terrorist group or a death squad. Like their intent was to silence and attack um, and intimidate uh, leftists in Turkey. And so Mm -hmm. before this assassination in in 1981 that, or attempted assassination that Ege in, he, um, Kills this left-leaning journalist Abdi Apechy. So he's like he's 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 described by some as an assassin because he's part of this like mm-hmm. kind of death squad, has killed um left-leaning people in Turkey before. Um oh, so, so that's okay. a little bit of context, like when like who this guy is and a little yes, bit about yeah. him. I will also just add that kind of before this assassination and like the things afterwards, it's quite clear that Edka is, I think, mentally unstable. Like right, once he was imprisoned after this assassination, you know, he claimed he was personally the Messiah. He sends letters okay. to John Paul II saying that the apocalypse is coming and then, even I think in like the 2010s, he said that he wanted to write a book with Dan Brown, like you know Dan Brown from like The Da Vinci oh, yeah, Code. Yeah. He's like he and I. Should oh write honey, a book the Catholics. Today. Yeah, yeah, know yeah. About so, Dan anyways, <laughs> there's like he just like he is not a rely. First of all, not a re- kind of reliable in terms of providing um, evidence for like why he yes. killed someone, and he also is just right. clearly like a bit mentally unwell.
0: Yeah, I was not in a right state of mind when he was doing. All yes, these things. yes. Okay.
1: So that's just a little bit about john paul ii the solidarity movement and then a could you have questions and then we'll get we'll talk a little bit now about like the whole kgb plot stuff like the motivation like oh, why yes, did he certainly. do I'm it ready for that yeah i'm ready okay so in the year following this assassination attempt so in 1982 multiple mm-hmm. and and i'll say i'll just cite my source here most of this information comes from um, manufacturing consent i did some like independent research too but a lot mm-hmm. of this information comes from it and it's a, it's a very um a very interesting read so you know what's helpful
0: for you is that you read um non-fictional books whereas I can never do a podcast based on the rom-com that I'm reading <laughs> <Yeah>. you're like <laughs> so. It- unless you. it was like
1: historical romantic fiction I guess no
0: I mean okay. I did one that was it but um as you and I both talked about it was not a good book that was several months ago okay yeah yeah it wasn't it was yeah
1: well you could kind of do like, you do Jane Austen pride and prejudice kind of thing I don't know
0: Oh, you know, I want to. It's an idea. Yeah, we'll think
1: about it. We'll think about it. Okay. So, <laughs> so um coming back to this like this Agka thing. So within like the year of the this assassination attempt, a lot okay. of stories ran in, I think it was um Newsweekly, ABC News, and I think the New York Times, where okay. there was this thesis put forward that Agka was hired by the Soviets to assassinate right. the Pope. Okay. So the idea was. He had stayed like so when he came from Turkey to uh, Italy, like he, he traveled through, I think, like 12 European countries or in countries on the way before he gets to mm-hmm. Italy. And he spent some time in Bulgaria as, as part of this, this travel. Bulgaria is a Soviet state at this time, allied with the, the, the Soviet Union. And the, the idea was that, you know, his stay in Bulgaria was evidence that he could have been hired by the KGB in Bulgaria Mm. to assassinate the Pope.
0: So prior to then, when he was traveling to all those countries before Bulgaria, he was just traveling for fun. And then he ended up in Bulgaria and they were like, hey,
1: you. So this is what, I mean, this is one of the things that Noam Chomsky takes issue with is like, why was Bulgaria, why, like, you, they, they impute this motive to him and, like, that he's been hired yes. by the KGB because he spent some time in Bulgaria, but he also spent time in, like, 11 other countries. Why, like, yeah. Bulgaria was singled out because it was Soviet and because, you know, it made sense in terms of, like, a propaganda model. Like, if it's, right. con- if it's convenient to say the Soviets tried to murder the Pope in terms of rallying, mm-hmm. like, the Western Europe and North America against mm-hmm. the, the Soviets... Like yeah. that's that is useful to them. and so the the right. news media is pushing this story anyway. So, okay, like it doesn't really make sense, but that's the theory is He spends some time in Bulgaria, okay. and you know, they're also the gray wolves that he spends time in Bulgaria and the gray wolves, this this national group he's a part of. They also okay. did some drug deals with some people in Bulgaria. So that is okay. those two strands of evidence are what makes um, this story start to come to life. Like these investigative journalists say, he was maybe hired by the Bulgarians. If you're trying to think about Uh why, like why would they do that? Like part of it, Noam Chomsky argues is like, they just say, well, that's just a thing that like, you know, the Soviets would do. Like they would try and kill the Pope, right? Um, Because they're they're evil. So they would try and kill the Pope, which like- Which, you know, is maybe not the most convincing argument. Um, otherwise, initially, <laughs> no, not really. Otherwise, initially, the idea was that. So this guy, um, Agka is Turkish, right? And so the idea was uh-huh. maybe that they were trying to frame Turkey for this assassination to throw off NATO because Turkey was part of NATO. But um, it Ooh. was it's not like like one of these like uh, Western countries. And so maybe, you know, yes. if if it looks like the Turks had killed the Pope, then it would sow dissent in NATO and then the Soviets would have the upper hand. So that was yes. one theory these journalists put forward. Then it, then later that the central theory comes that, um, the attempt to kill John Paul II was to try and stop the solidarity movement in Poland. This workers movement that mm-hmm. um, he was seen supporting, that he was like a, a central figure in, in um, kind of Polish Catholic circles. And so if they could kill the Pope, it would stop the solidarity movement that was per- perhaps a threat to the control of communism in Poland. So that mm-hmm. becomes the main thing. It, it's not quite clear like why they'd hire a Turk to do that, but that becomes the main like thesis. Right. is like, that's why the Bulgarians did it. Does that make okay. sense? It's kind of confusing. It's like, ran. it's really random, but that's how this thing starts.
0: It does make sense. There are obviously holes in it, but we've yeah. already talked about them. And it's right. like, they, they're just things that if you want to piece together a story, you'll find the best evidence that fits that.
1: Yeah. And so we'll <laughs> so, see yeah. too, like, like, and I guess we have the benefit of like hindsight and Noam Chomsky's research and other scholars research on this. But yeah. at the time, like it's the height of the Cold War. It's a shocking event. I guess it's also like, Um, it's so sensational that I guess it becomes more credible like that the Soviets would do that right as an escalation so so I mean when one of the like pieces of evidence that first comes forward that um, that people think proves that perhaps it's a it's a Soviet plot is that six days after this attempted assassination the Italian Secret Service which is called SISMI like that's Mm -hmm. their acronym they release a document claiming that the attack had been announced at a Soviet Warsaw Pact meeting, which is kind of like the the Soviet NATO cognate. It's this group of like Soviet powers um, that this Italian um, intelligence agency tries to prove that, or releases a document that apparently is intelligence that um, they had orchestrated this at a meeting. Since- Um, journalists have shown that this document was either fabricated by the Italian intelligence agency or by whoever provided them that document. It turns out too, like the Italian agency, like intelligence agency at this time had been infiltrated by this group of like far right political actors called P2. And so that it was also like convenient for them to try and pin it on the communists because they didn't want to see communism, like take root. So Right. So th- this information comes out. That's like kind of the, the piece of evidence, like the smoking gun that like maybe it is like a, a Soviet plot and then American So journalists... they were
0: what this evidence was theoretically showing was that the Soviets had already planned for this. Like this showed yeah. their plan to assassinate.
1: Yeah, that it, like that. Okay. They had an informant who had provided this document to them, like in writing, saying this was discussed yes. at um, the Warsaw Pact meeting. The, right. the Soviets, like the Soviet Alliance basically had been planning this the whole time. Right. But okay. sin- since it's been shown to be completely fabricated, but that piece of evidence was taken up by a bunch of American journalists. And that's oh, when yeah, they start yeah. coming w- up with this idea that, okay, he stayed in Bulgaria. Maybe he was hired by the Bulgarians there mm-hmm. um, for the Soviets to, to, you know, take out the Pope. Right. Um the so that's and did they have a
0: reason for picking him specifically like it was it just because he was part of this like death squad on this like nationalist thing in turkey like was there a reason that it was specifically him that they chose
1: so like they don't i don't think they like necessarily had like any evidence for why they would pick him um mm-hmm. i think it was just like um yeah, they picked him i guess like from the KGB perspective in this theory they picked him mm-hmm. because they were trying to frame Turkey maybe and throw off NATO right 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 but um like one thing noam chomsky points out is this guy is part of an ultranationalist far right death squad in turkey why would he be doing the bidding of the soviet union that is like a far like right. like that also doesn't really make sense like if you're going to hire someone why would you hire yeah. like and maybe you could convince him but there's evidence too like in um like when he's imprisoned, he like writes letters to the founder of the Grey Wolves saying like he supports him and loves him and, and is loyal to the cause too. So he seems okay. ideologically at least aligned with the Grey Wolves. So why then would he do the bidding of the KGB? Is one question right. raised. Okay. So um I mean, that's kind of the general theory. It, go, it it like spreads for years, and you can still see, like if you Google it now, there's it's framed often, like in in um reports since then, like commemorating the anniversary of this assassination attempt that like maybe the Bulgarians did do it and the Soviets did do it. But that's been like fully disproven at this point. But mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. still is kind of pushed. This narrative is still pushed. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess now, like other things that make this theory less convincing. Um, in 1979, The New York Times had reported that Edka because he was already kind of in the news because of this assassination of the, the Turkish journalist, um he'd already said he wanted to kill the pope in 1979 which is before the solidarity movement had even started so okay so clearly he it seemed like he had perhaps his own motivations for trying to kill the pope perhaps yeah um and also in this theory that they put forward edka was hired by the bulgarians in july 1980 so the story goes but that's before the gedanks Shipyard strike and the formal creation of solidarity. So, why would the KGB try and like, how does it make the timeline doesn't add up if the KGB okay. is hiring this guy to try and kill the Pope to stop the solidarity right. movement in Poland, but the solidarity movement hadn't started? Like, it hadn't, it Ooh, okay. so the timeline doesn't, then someone up. has a time machine and they've traveled exactly and right. Gonna... <laughs> so, it's like, so there, there's multiple issues there, like with the timeline. Again, there's the issue yeah. of like, he's a far right neo fascist why would he willingly do the bidding of communists? Like, how would he get in touch with them? Like, why does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He's also, he mm-hmm. travels through these 12 other countries. Why would Bulgaria, you know what I mean? Like, how does him staying yeah. in Bulgaria provide evidence of one thing versus the other? He also gets yeah. his gun that he shoots the Pope with from the Grey Wolves again, like through his far right network, okay. not through a far left network. And in fact, it comes from a, a former Nazi who is selling weapons. So again, like- okay. um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And yes. then in the, there's a trial, so he's arrested immediately in like 1981, serves like sentenced to life in jail in, in Italy. Okay. But in 1985 and 1986, there's also a trial of three Bulgarians and three Turks that the Italian um, secret service say are involved in this plot. Ooh. But Noam Chomsky provides really interesting evidence in this book that um, that Agca had been coached by the secret service. To implicate the Bulgarians. So like Egg comes out a couple, like two years after the assassination attempt, Egg comes out and says the I was hired by the Bulgarians. So that's one piece of evidence that's taken up. But like we've said, he's clearly like he seems mentally unstable. And there's also, mm-hmm. like I, I mentioned, SISMI has been infiltrated by this right wing group. They have a vested interest in trying to um frame the Soviets for doing it um, mm-hmm. through the Bulgarians. And like some of the shit from like this this story is insane. Like, like they they for example try and say that they show him photos of like an apartment of like say one of the Bulgarian co-conspirators and he's Mm -hmm. able to like correctly identify which one is the the co-conspirators um like as if he's been there but then the defense finds that like he actually got a detail wrong about her apartment or his apartment like Antonov's apartment this this co-conspirator but like had seen photos of like other rooms so like it, it seems like right. he hadn't actually been there but he'd been showed us shown photos of other apartments that were similar so that he could like generally describe it in a way that looked like he'd been there or right, um right, right. or what was he there was another one that was crazy oh then there was another one that like um the secret service said he correctly identified in the trial said that he correctly identified i think a photo of um a co-conspirator or maybe a room or something. I can't remember the details, like, say, um, November 1983. But mm-hmm. then, like, a couple months later, another intelligence person says he'd actually correctly identified it several months before. So there was discrepancies okay. in the timeline of when he would first identified these photos of places he'd allegedly been. And so it seemed right. to be that perhaps SISMI was, like, trying to coach him into like sh- like showing him photos of these places, and then saying, "Oh, he could he correctly identified it on his own, but they'd actually shown it to him." Right. Um, and then he later right. on. Um, uh, and Akash- the whole point of that trying to be like
0: he was working with these Bulgarians, yeah. who were representing the KGB, right. And this meant he was going to assassinate. That's like the whole point of them yes. doing this. Yes,
1: and and okay. the Noam Chomsky and others argue that perhaps he was trying to get a deal with them that if he implicated the Bulgarians, he could get out of um, jail earlier or get better treatment. Oh, okay. And so that's his motivation. But then Agka later on retracts that, for example, he he says that he's actually never seen these apartments before, like a year into the trial. So it's like, how is that possible? Like he's able to correctly identify an apartment, but not the apartment of his co-conspirator. So it seems like he's Mm -hmm. seen other photos. And then later on he says, I've actually never seen these apartments in person before, but provided no explanation. How could he identify right. them if he wasn't coached? So anyways, that's the, the the argument Noam Chomsky makes. It's quite interesting. In the end, the, the the Bulgarians are acquitted. And to this day, there's been no conclusive proof about what Agka's motive was,
0: but it's right. become okay, okay. quite
1: clear. There's no evidence that the Soviets or the Bulgarians were the ones behind this plot to assassinate the Pope. And also, if you right. think like... In, Chomsky also makes the argument that like, if you were trying to stop a political movement that's organized around the Pope, wouldn't killing him kind of make him a martyr? Like, would that stop? Like, don't right, you think right, that'd be right, quite right. risky if you're like, we're going to take out like the figurehead of this movement or not the figurehead, but yes. like a key symbol. If you assassinate yeah. him, wouldn't that piss off the polls way more and make them much more likely to fight communism? Right. Like, he's just arguing it's such a risky thing to do. Why? Yes, would... There's no clear way that you could understand how people would react to it. No. And, and there's very little yeah. evidence that it's based on. And so altogether, um, yeah, he he makes a claim that there's no evidence. And I, and most, I think, scholars understand that that way, too, that it was not a KTB right. Soviet plot. Um, and it's unclear was Edka, you know, motivated by his personal dislike of the pope because you know he'd written this letter and, mm-hmm. or he'd said in 79 before this whole thing that he would wanted to kill the Pope like it's unclear mm-hmm. um he might just be mentally unstable anyways
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that was it I'm sorry I know it's really complicated and like confusing um like the details <laughs> like but um the, the the like I guess the main thing is that it looked like you know the in- Italian intelligence agency, tried to convince Edka to frame the Bulgarians um, in line mm-hmm. with this like media story that came out like immediately after, um, right? That like the KGB did it because it would be convenient for Western powers to say that you know the Soviets tried right, to kill our right, Pope. Right. Um, yes, and and the the evidence that they gave and the rationale they gave for the the Soviets trying to kill the Pope was pretty specious and and it didn't seem really likely at all that Edgar was motivated that way very cool yeah anyways confusing I I highly recommend if people are interested look up chapter 4 in Manufacturing Consent I think it's chapter 4 he does a much better job of explaining it but it's really quite interesting no that was super interesting because it
0: I think it is just like a little bit confusing by nature because you have all these different stories and none of them are really backed up by fact yeah (laughs) well it, so yeah, it's like trying to understand motives is like how did we get here
1: yeah <laughs> it's just like random claims and i think like the main thing like there's so many things where the story falls apart but for me like the main thing is, well they say that he gets hired in july 1980 by the bulgarians yeah but the, this shipyard strike where solidarity is formed in gdansk hasn't even started right. so unless the unless the kgb <laughs> could see the future yes why would how could they hire him yeah, and Also, if yeah. you're trying to frame Turkey, like if you're trying to frame someone else, why would you get him to stop in your own country, and like, like stop in Bulgaria to like do that? Like, wouldn't that be really like basic? Like, don't have this person stop for a couple <laughs> months in your own country if you're trying to frame? Like, yeah, don't go to then Bulgaria. When then. people put the pieces. Yeah. It. Like, yeah. if you're trying to convincingly say right. no, it wasn't us; it was Turkey. Like, anyways. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. So, so wow. there's layers. There's layers oh to gosh. it, but um. But yeah, so that's that's kind of it. Anyways, how's your snack? How's your cream puff?
0: It's really yummy. Um, so I was not sure what to expect with like a watermelon cream puff. Yeah. I was like, where do we go? And the cool thing about Beta 5 is like on almost all their cream puffs, it's like filled with the cream on the inside, but then they mm-hmm. also have like a, like a topping on it. Oh, okay. And so, um. Like, like a
1: cream topping.
0: It's almost, I would put it like it is creamy, but it's more of like, um, the vibes of custard and where it's more set. It's not like as loose mm-hmm. as cream. Okay. So yeah, it yeah. has like a little, like it's more, more um, like it has a bit of gelatin in it. Yeah. Right. More structure to it. But I, was ex- I wasn't sure what to expect because watermelon doesn't have a very strong flavor, right? Right, yeah. And I was like, I, I do like artificial watermelon flavor and like, gummies. Yeah. But I don't want it in a dessert. Right. But this is, like, very much real watermelon flavor right. in a cream puff. And it's very subtle and delicate.
1: Yeah. But it's incredibly Good. yummy. So okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Oh, yay. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah. Kind of super random, I must say, but... Like, watermelon, like, I feel like that's an uncommon dessert flavor, but.
0: They also had a watermelon lemonade
1: Mm. um, that I
0: got incredibly tart. My dad was like, I think they forgot to put sugar in it. Okay. And then I was like, you know who would love this is Sam.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I probably would. He
0: doesn't love sugar. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'd be like, yeah, I honestly would like that, probably.
0: So Uh, how's your croissant?
1: Okay, it's so fucking good. Like, literally, it's so flaky, but in a good way. And, like, the mm-hmm. dough, like, the thing I think I was noticing is, like, the dough is very, like, the the, the pastry is very sweet, but not in, like, an overwhelming oh. way. Like, but it's very sweet right. in a way that a lot of croissants, I would say, would be more buttery, almost. Like, it's buttery, right, too, but right. it's, like, buttery oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. And then the chocolate core is such a, like, nice, thick core of chocolate. It's so good. Oh, yes. So, to me, it was okay. just, like, to me, it's the quintessential perfect chocolate croissant. That's all okay. I have to say, like, I, like I, I wish I had more to say, but wow. I don't. It's just like, and honestly, it honestly was like perfect. So,
0: if you need an amazing chocolate croissant, go to what is it, B New?
1: Yeah, Cafe Bino. be <laughs> New. Bino. Bino. Well, I was uh, thinking,
0: have there was that kid show Bino? that was like, yeah, you got yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what I think. Of. It was so funny. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> so it's good. I'm so happy. I just feel grateful.
0: <laughs> just feeling blessed over here I honestly, oh my I gosh am. i kind of have a fun pope story for you
1: oh okay yeah you can cut this out if you want to it no, doesn't okay. matter to me tell me i want to hear
0: so basically um in grade 12 went to italy with like um a school like it was the first school trip mm-hmm. and of course we went to the vatican all that good mm-hmm. stuff and before i went i asked one of my best friends emily i was like what do you want from italy like if i'm yeah. gonna buy anything what do you want and she was like i just really want a shirt with the pope's face on it I was like, you've got it, girly. I will get it for you. I thought it was an easy request. Mm -hmm. So looked everywhere in Rome, went to the Vatican, went to all the Vatican gift shops, nothing. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me right now. Like a shirt, like a shirt with the Pope's face on it. It shouldn't be that hard of a request, especially because at the time it's like Pope Francis. We're all kind of here for him, you know, partially. Yeah. So it's like, we like this guy. Couldn't find it. I was so bummed. I was like, this is one thing she asked for. Then we're driving, to the coast of Italy I think yeah and we stopped in this small town I think it was a CC, right. but I'm not sure and there was a church there we all had to go into it and any good church in Europe is going to have a gift shop attached to it so we go to this place and everyone had known by this point that I was looking for this shirt and they're right. like Maria in the gift shop there's one shirt left and has the poked <gasps> face on it. Holy. And I was like, no way. Oh my God. And like other girls were so jealous. They were like, we wanted it. And I was like, no, we all knew that I claimed. It was first. your thing. It's yeah. the yeah, only yeah. one left. This shirt was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Oh my God. So it
0: had this church, like basically it has this church in the foreground. Yeah. And then over top rising up almost like a Godzilla figure, but in a gentle way. Pope Francis he's like waving over this church (laughs) and then in the background a rainbow with doves I was like this is the most insane shirt I've ever seen in my life and I was like of course I gave it to Emily but I was like if they had two I would have bought wanted it yeah yeah I I secretly really wanted it
1: but that's so funny
0: yeah now they have a bunch of Pope shirts in the Vatican like you can get them anywhere but at the time they didn't you
1: were ahead of your time
0: I was, I was requesting things that people didn't even know they wanted. They
1: didn't so. know. That's so funny. <laughs> I love, and I love too. It's like a CC, isn't that? That was where St. Francis was born.
0: Yeah. St. Francis of Assisi. That's yeah. why I think it's him. I think that's why we had to stop there.
1: But. Right. Okay. That's so, I'm like, yeah. It honestly <laughs> was, the most, was awesome. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> what you get out of like a really holy site. You're like this photo. Yeah.
0: It was like the rainbow in the background too. I was like, yeah. I couldn't make this better if I wanted no, to. Like, no, no. You're was like, was that is
1: so creative. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's kind of like a secretly a gay pride shirt. Maybe yeah, and honestly that's
0: what I felt the vibes were. Yeah. I didn't know. So, well that's they, like when people did. are
1: that's like when people are always like like the rainbow is not a pride symbol. Like it's from the Bible. Like it was a sign of God's like love to people. It's like, okay, it can be both. Oh my God, babes. Like, come on. Be both. I think it's
0: because they watched one cartoon with Noah's Ark sailing through a rainbow and they've automatically attributed it to Christianity. I know. I'm like, well, it can,
1: yeah, it can be lots of things, the rainbow, but anyways, (laughs) it has multiple identities. It does. The rainbow itself is kind of queer. If you think about it, um, Anyways, okay, let's talk about the, the significance of this. Let's
0: do it. Okay. Why? I'm going to ask the way that you yeah. always ask me. Why should I care, Sam? What's important? About okay. It? Well, I
1: actually realized <laughs> I haven't really done the aftermath of this. So I'll talk a little bit about the aftermath and that kind of will flow into the significance. So like kind of what happened like cool. in, like after this. So obviously, like I said, Eka yes. was imprisoned in, in Italy, I think for like 20 years and um, right. in 1997, this is interesting. It's the year of our birth. Um, yeah. Two Turkish nationalists hijack an air multi flight, hold people hostage, and demand that AGCA is released, which not oh. doesn't happen. But I just I was like, that's so interesting. I had no idea that happened. Um, it's almost the year Diana died. Oh, shit. It was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's crazy. Um, big year. That is a big year. Wait, wasn't it 1989 or no? That Diana died? Yeah. No. No, okay. That was in Taylor Swift was boring. <laughs> <laughs> stop Anyways, okay, just stop. <laughs> You manage
0: every time to get her in here. In. I know.
1: I don't really like Taylor. Well, I do love Taylor Swift, but I'm not that much. Anyways. Okay. So, so what kind of happens after? So yeah, he's in prison in Italy. There's these two Turkish nationalists try to hide. Like, well, they do hijack a flight and hold a bunch of people hostage. Everyone ends up being fine. Um, well, obviously they probably have lifetime trauma from that, but like they're not harmed physically. Yes. Um, and then 2000 in 2000, at the request of John Paul II. Icon, he asks the Italian president to pardon Adka, And he, and he is pardoned and then he's deported to turkey oh you know what
0: if anyone ever assassinates me i want you to know i will not give you the same respect i know
1: like literally even if you remember like like wednesday he was shot the sunday after he's like let's pray for like edka for shooting me the pope says that someone
0: was rude to me at my job three days ago and i will never forgive them
1: like but i guess but also like (laughs) that's why he's the pope and no offense you're not a little
0: Okay, but I'm getting
1: there. (laughs) Yeah, you're (laughs) getting. You're going to be like the most vindictive pope ever. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, that's true. Um, (sighs) No, you could be the pope. I think you have great moral fiber. Um, Thanks. And okay, so so yeah, so he's deported to Turkey, but then he has to serve jail time in Turkey because of his him killing this other journalist, if you recall. So right, Edgar doesn't get out until like 2010. Oh. Um. There's so, so many. Inter- There's so many interesting things too. Like the other thing I wanted to mention, and at one point, but I just I just have to say it now. It doesn't really make sense timeline wise. But the year after John Paul II was shot, he was then stabbed with a bayonet in Portugal. Oh, well, this who crazy carries
0: around a bayonet.
1: I don't know Who's this carrying nut- that around. This nutso priest tried to stab him because he. I think it was no. because he didn't like the the Second Vatican Council reforms that um, John Paul II was supporting. Even though, yeah, get anyways. So anyways, I'm like, oh. he had a rough go. But so th- that's another random piece of aftermath is that he was stabbed later. He was fine. Like he wasn't, I don't think it really hit him anywhere internally. I think it, it was just a cut, but um, so random. <laughs> the Pope movie all got really ramped up after this. I know, <laughs> after like t- in two years, I'm like, okay, we need to get on this, you guys. So um, that's another thing that happens after it. Uh, another, r- this to me was probably the most interesting is that. So in 2000, John Paul II mm-hmm. says that his assassination attempt was revealed in the third secret of Fatima. So just for a little bit of context, like I'm sure you've probably heard of them. They mentioned in Dairy Girls, actually, but like the children <laughs> of Fatima in, in um, Fatima, Portugal in 1917, see mm-hmm. over this period of like six months apparitions of Mary and like they they receive visions from her and and whatever. And it becomes like this massive thing in the church, like people all over Europe flock to Fatima. It's like, and it's also known as like the Marian age in this period. So like there's tons of apparitions of Mary across Europe. There's tons of like iterations of like her statue weeping, like whatever. There's a, there's a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of like, um, kind of supernatural things going on with Mary. And so these children, um, apparently got these three prophecies revealed to them by Mary. And so the first two had been, were released like immediately, I think after these prophecies. And one was about like, you know, the world first world war ending, if everyone could pray together. Um, and then the second one I okay. think think was that there would be another war if Russia didn't convert. I think that that was the first time I'd be wrong. Oh, Okay. But the third one had been kept secret from the world from 1917 until 2000. And everyone thought it was because it might reveal that an apocalypse was coming or something and that the church right, wanted to right, keep right. it under wraps. But John Paul II releases the full text of it in 2000. And he says, like, he interprets it to mean that, like, it was about his assassination attempt. And if you read it, it kind of does read, like, about, like, this holy know. figure, like, human figure, the Pope, who... Um, Right. Is like shot at and like and stabbed. Oh my God. And so, anyways, so that's and like people now debate to this day like, did the Vatican release the whole secret or was there still like an apocalyptic element that they kept out or whatever? But that right, to right. me is just so nuts. So that, that like, that like, or not nuts. So, but it's just so interesting that people yeah. are like, this was predicted like in 1917 that you would be, the Pope would be like, that's, yeah, be almost assassinator. Wow. So I just, <laughs>
0: I just started laughing during it because I was picturing the hot priest and dairy girls when he comes in to talk to the girls. Yeah. And it's just, he's just so funny to me. And he like flicks his hair. He goes, hello girls. Oh my God.
1: I know. And they're like, father. Yeah. So that's another random thing. And then more recently, Mm -hmm. kind of in the vein of Agka being a bit, um, mentally unwell in 2014 because obviously he's out of jail in 2010 he comes to the Vatican he lays uh, roses on uh, John Paul II's tomb because he was okay. canonized uh, I think around then 2013 yes. 2014 yeah um and he wanted to meet Pope Francis and they were like you're not doing that like
0: I am shocked that they even allowed him into the Vatican yeah <laughs> like that well, they even th- allowed him to cross I think, that
1: too he maybe converted to Catholicism, Edka. But I don't know if he meant, like, I don't know. Like, anyways, I'm pretty sure he did convert as well in the 2000s, so. Right. But, I mean, otherwise, like, this past May was the 40th anniversary of this assassination attempt, right? Like, because it was May 13th, 1981 was the assassination attempt, so May 13th, 2021.
0: So, it goes, what, now, like, 63?
1: Oh, yeah, I guess good math i like had never even thought yeah he's he's still alive like he's still kicking yeah he's like he
0: because i was like oh he's definitely gonna die soon but no
1: he's he tried he wants to write a book with dan brown no one really knows why he went after him like he he since said like Iran. sorry iran put him up to it but it's like there's no evidence of that either like it's just like i think he just says random shit um but other things like more broadly like the gray wolves this group that echo was part of are still like operational obviously they're not like they're not like a roaming death squad, but they're still mm-hmm. like kind of like a, a ultra-nationalist political group, I think. Um, they were banned in France as part of these like escalating tensions between France and Turkey around like France banning like the hijab and bailing and saying that like oh. Islam is evil, basically. In right. so many words, they didn't say that exactly. But and then, you yes. know, Erdogan went at like the, the prime minister of Turkey or president of Turkey went after Macron for saying that. And then France banned mm-hmm. the Grey Wolves. So, anyways, there's like tension there about the gray wolves. Right. Um right. and then I think the biggest thing is just like the consequences for how we um how like news media is involved in geopolitical conflicts and how they might sometimes run with stories that are convenient to um certain actors to try and like frame in this case like the soviets even though there was like literally no evidence that the bulgarians right. were behind it. Anyways, wow. There's so many... Sorry, there was no, like, single thing. It was just a bunch of random, like...
0: No, yeah. I mean, the singular most important thing that came out of this was revisions to the Pope mobile.
1: That, to mm -hmm. me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm, like, glad because, like... Because it was bound to happen at some point, and I'm glad he survived. It was just, like... It's
0: just insane to me by the point of the 80s that they hadn't thought that through yet.
1: That no one's going to try and kill the Pop. It's, like, obviously...
0: Obviously, we have we seen what's happened in America. Like, yeah, uh, we're used to this by now. Assassinations, yeah. like, come on,
1: <laughs> you would think, you would definitely think, yeah, and especially because, yeah, wow. so, anyways, that's the uh, that's Good job. That was so thing. interesting. Thanks, it's so it's random. Classic
0: tale of anything in the 1980s having to do with the Cold War, yeah, it's <laughs> like, of, course,
1: like, of course. This <laughs> random weird. assassination attempt of John ball II became like a KGB plot,
0: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, of course,
1: yeah, wow. So. I love it yeah just and it's funny for me like
0: for cold war (laughs) I know it's
1: and I just like I feel like I had never heard of it and a lot of people I know haven't heard of it like and you'd think like if someone had to kill the pope like that would be a big story yeah or like a story everyone would know obviously it's a big story at the time but like yeah I'd never heard of it
0: Gosh, I imagine what we would have done because I, in grade two when he died and the new Pope was being selected, yeah. we all had to sit on like the stupid carpet in our classroom and like listen to the radio. It was, uh, it was like, the decision has been made. The new Pope will be. And I remember saying that in grade two being like, why do I care? Like, why should I care
1: about this? Yeah. It is kind <laughs> so of exciting imagine... though.
0: I guess the process, however, when you don't get to watch it on TV and you have to mm, listen to a radio describe that's what's true. going on. It wasn't quite that fascinating.
1: <laughs> I just feel like the smoke <laughs> thing that they do was cool.
0: Yes. That's what I remember is the smoke thing. That's what right. I remember hearing about. And
1: I was like, right. that
0: seems cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. If I could see it, like that's just such drama. Yeah. Like I love, I do love that about Catholicism, like the ceremony and the, like the materiality oh, yeah, the of, the of it. Like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I imagine if, if I had been in grade two and he was shot at, I would have also been sitting on the carpet hearing about it on the radio. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
1: No TV. No TV. Pops your little mind. Okay. So would you go back to, what is it called? Beta something?
0: Beta five. Beta five. I go there so often. Oh, yeah, you do. Okay. I'll go back for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's in your rotation. Um, I didn't take you when we were in Vancouver, when we, when you yeah. were in Vancouver, there was just yeah. too many places to try. Right. But they're amazing. Like they, they have a mango flavor that my family and I like love. And it's always there. Right. Where's the watermelon one's like a special thing for June, mm. so I'll definitely be going back. It's great, Very love
1: nice. it. Okay, yeah. Well, and um, I
0: think you're going back to yours. Oh right? well,
1: see for me too. Like Kathy Vina is like on the rotation, like we always right. go there. So like they have amazing lattes, amazing milkshakes. Oh. Uh, they like everything they have. Milkshakes? Is, like, they do. I they have really, milkshakes. they have a really good chocolate milkshake. And then obviously Ooh. like the chocolate croissant was divine. So I will be back there for something who knows if it's a croissant. But one thing I'll say about the croissant is it's hard to get like you have to go early. So my, okay. my dear mother, bless her oh. soul. She was up really early today working and she went and got me one. So that's how I managed to acquire it because I would have had to wake up like you literally have to go before nine if you want one. I think yeah. Oh damn, they're like popular. They're popular, like you cannot get one otherwise. So wow. Well that's lovely of her. Shout out to her. She's shout
0: out to her. Yeah. That's awesome. Way to go, Sam's mom.
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs)
0: Lorna. I wasn't sure if you want me to say your name. i was like, I'll keep it. Yeah, it's like
1: private. There's too many people listening. Um (laughs) (laughs) okay. Well, do you know what you're doing next week? Nope. That's okay.
0: <laughs> I think I have ideas for it, but okay. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, who knows? I'm just in my own little world right now. So maybe
1: our Ohio listeners will weigh in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always forget that this <laughs> is like true. this isn't coming out until Friday. So it's like actually not helpful.
0: Yeah. I was like, Message us it'll help me, but it's like just it like, actually like, never does. Probably it just won't. Time, but but yeah. that's okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, well thanks everyone for listening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry about it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all next week.
1: Bye. Um,
0: bye. Don't-